How do you really take care of yourself after a crap week? And what does self-care in the real world actually look like? Hi, welcome to another episode of Business Mindset Mastery. My name's Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and performance coach for business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. You can always find me over at choosetohaveitall.com. And uh, before I go any further, I have to recognize that I record this show on the Anchor uh, podcast app, and they like to keep the shows clean. Um, I think there's a nice little clean warning label or something like that next to my name on most podcast apps, but I'm about to swear because that's what I do. So if you have kids in the car, you're offended by swearing. Um, This one's going to come with a little bit of a warning. Um, What I really wanted to call the show was how to take care of yourself after a shit week or what real life uh, self-care looks like after a shit week. Um, Because if I'm going to be totally honest, the last thing I want to be doing right now is recording this show and talking to all of you. Um, It has been a really long, hard week, and I cannot wait to get to my weekend. And I contemplated not recording today because the reality is, is I don't have to. I don't think anyone's world is going to end if I don't record the show. I think some people will be like, hey, where were you today? You didn't tell us you were going away. But the world wouldn't be end, and it would be totally fine if I didn't record. But the thing that's really important to me about the show and the integrity of the show and who I am and how I move through the world is that I always keep it real. And I think self-care is an area where (laughs) a lot of coaching like gets it totally wrong. If you look up self-care, you're going to see pictures of lotus leaves, yoga studios, mani-pedis, glasses of wine, piles of chocolate. And that really doesn't cut the mustard sometimes. I don't even know when the last time I used the phrase cut the mustard was, but it really like doesn't do the trick. What do you do when it's been a crap week? Like, how do you take care of yourself and what really does work? And the reality is, is that this is where self-awareness is absolutely positively going to be your friend. You have to know who you are in order to know and identify what you need. And you got to recognize that no matter how positive you try to be, no matter how much good juju you try to put out into the world, sometimes you're going to be, you know, grumpy as you know what, and you're just gonna want to (laughs) like scream, throw a tantrum or just say like, no, I'm just going to take my toys home and (laughs) play by myself, right? Like it's just that kind of week. So like when I was thinking about what I wanted to tell you guys, how I wanted to make this productive and efficient for you guys, I was just thinking like, well, first I have to like outline it, right? And I'm going to say that with full knowledge, full awareness, and P.S., full acceptance that this is a bunch of first world problems. The world hasn't ended. There's no huge drama, no travesty like that I'm about to unfold to you. I am nowhere near the bathroom floor of a dirty airport. It's just been a crap week, right? But crap weeks still need attention, and we still need to take care of ourselves. And if we don't know who we are and how we move through the world, 
figuring that out, we're going to end up in a yoga studio when we hate yoga, or we're going to end up numbing out our problems to a glass of wine rather than figuring out what it is we really want to be doing and how we really want to be spending our time. So here's how it kind of all went down. It starts with this course that I'm running um, with Jessica Lorimer. We're taking the BS out of building businesses, and it has probably been Aside from this podcast, the thing that I am most proud of that I'm doing in my professional career or that I've done in my online business career. I have a lot of really good professional wins from the other jobs and other businesses I've run, but this this just feels solid and it feels good. And I am proud of the voice I'm adding to the conversation of what it really means to build a business. I'm proud of the work we're doing. But as a result of that, I also know that I am putting re- ridiculously high expectations on myself to over-deliver, over-perform, make sure I'm answering everyone's question, making sure I'm being uber-present. And I'm aware of myself enough to know that that's what I do. And sure, somebody could tell me, Heather, go easy on yourself, lower those expectations, be nicer to yourself. And I'm just going to roll my eyes and move on because who I am and how I move through the world is when I care this deeply, when it's this important to me to get it right, I'm going to over deliver. I'm going to have those high expectations of myself, but I'm also going to take care of myself on the other side. I'm going to be aware and know that I do that, have that tendency to do that and have a plan to take care of myself for it. And that's what I've been doing all along is knowing that like, yes, you're going to be like available 24 seven. Yes, you're going to make yourself crazy, but yes, you're also going to take care of yourself along the way. What I didn't really anticipate when I made the conscious choice to be all in with this course. And then, you know, not to mention my other one-on-one clients and the other work I do aside from this course, I didn't know that my podcast here was going to get so intense, so consistently. We have had incredibly real, powerful conversations on the show in the past two weeks, but they are hard conversations to have. And it's hard for me to be recording, talking to nameless, faceless people out in the internet, hoping that I'm understood, hoping I'm not misunderstood, recognizing that some of the opinions I have are absolutely positively going to rock the boat because the boat needs to be freaking rocked, but also knowing that when you're disruptive, when you're provocative, when you go against the grain, people are going to have a reaction to that. And I have to make space for that reaction. And I did. But I went and I went on someone else's show. I said, there's no such thing as money mindset. I was on my own show, like what, a week ago, telling people that like, you may not be ready to own a business if you haven't gotten your reps in. Then we're here talking about trauma for like three days out of the past week. It's a lot takes a lot of energy because I want to make sure that I'm communicating as transparently as possible, that I'm understood, that trauma survivors don't think that I'm beating down on them, that newbie business owners don't think that I'm beating down on them, that I am doing my best to control the messaging. So we have that energy going out in the world. And again, in terms of that, it's kind of like the course. I wouldn't change a thing. It is what it 
it is, this isn't the area where I'm going to go easier on myself because I believe in it so passionately. It's just that important to me and it becomes that non-negotiable, especially when people are reaching out to me in spades, letting me know that I'm saying something they needed to hear. Letting Somebody told me yesterday that I understand people like no one else. Like That is such an incredible compliment to receive, especially for somebody in my position who I still have all these mixed feelings about leaving my mental health background behind, no longer offering traditional therapy. So the fact that in this new version of me and in this new life I'm holding, I'm still connecting to people to the level where they're being told they feel and experience that they're understood on a level that no one else has understood them. That's really powerful stuff. But then like an hour and a half after reading that comment, I got a letter from an old client of mine from my mental health therapy background who has not successfully found a therapist after looking for ages and ages and ages. And she said, like, I wish you well. I'm hoping you can help me with a local reference, but I can't help but feel a little abandoned by you. And then she signed her name. And um, back in the therapy uh, days, I would call that the doorknob confession or the 11th hour confession where like the point, like the real point of the why the person's contacting you or coming in is said in the last five minutes. So I knew her heart was hurting and I'm not surprised that she feels abandoned. I, you know, obviously know her story and know her history, but like, how hard is it to be sitting in my life where I'm relatively like built a life by my design and know that on the other side of that clients of mine felt left bitter and abandoned. It It's the reality. It's the natural consequence of the choice I made. I get to make it. But holy hell, in a week where we're having these conversations, where I'm working this hard for a course, and then somebody wants to let me know that they feel abandoned by the decision I made, like, you know, over a year ago, that's a lot. Now add to it the fact that we're doing house renovations, and this is going to be like a year-long design process. We're not even getting anywhere close to construction until January, but all the people want these check-in meetings. And my husband's, you know, in a medical building doing all his doctor stuff. I'm the one who, quote, unquote, works from home, right? Which always comes with the assumption that I'm more available. So these people are emailing me and contacting me with the questions they still have, the things we need to follow up on the appointments we need to make. And I want to be a good consumer for these folks. You know, I don't want to delay their design process or design their planning or their drafting. So I'm trying to get back to them. At the same time, I'm trying to take care of all of these things. And then, you know, the roller coaster continues. I get a raving testimonial. Um, Somebody lets me know that like with the work that I did, you know, their business is changing. They're about to like skyrocket their sales from where they were when they met me and they can't believe it could just be that easy that I just had to like sort of say take a right take a left and go and they went and it's awesome (laughs) 10 minutes after that this (laughs) I'm fired by an ideal client and this is the first time I've been fired in the online space. It hasn't happened uh, yet before. And, it, you know, we always <laughs> remember our first time, I suppose. But I just, it was like, it was up with a raving testimonial and then just a smack in my face 10 minutes later. Um, and not, you know, 
and not necessarily something I'm going to beat myself up about entirely, but it is a gut punch when you think something's going so well and you feel really good about work you're doing and you're sort of holding pride and a sense of accomplishment with it. And then actually the person on the other side says, ah, not so much. This isn't really working out for me. I'm moving on. Um, you get a reaction to that. And then um, just when I'm just sitting and feeling calm and trying to catch my breath, um, a member of one of my communities reaches out to me and says, hey, do you have 10 minutes? And of course, like for a casual 10 minutes, I have 10 minutes. And then suddenly she's talking to me about an awful thing that she's managing in her personal life. And if I had known that was the thing that she wanted to check in with me about, I probably would have said, no, not now, you know, now's not the time. I actually don't, you know, that I, I would rather check in with you later, but you get caught in these moments of being human of like, well, this person needs me. I'm here. So I'm just going to be present for it. And you end up in these intensely personal conversations you weren't entirely planning for. So that's the pile, right? And as you can see it, a lot of it, if we, if we use the model that I preach, if we look at the medicine that I dish out every day, we go back to the choices I've made. And a lot of this traces back to deliberate choices I've made. That doesn't mean just because I chose it, just because I was mindful of it, just because I was aware of it, that sometimes it's not going to be tiresome, that sometimes it's not going to be irritating, that sometimes it's not going to be hard or sad or even a little bit scary and risky sometimes. Just because we choose it doesn't mean we skip feeling it. And that's kind of where I landed this morning. So when I was thinking about like, oh my God, I've got these three emails and I do, I have three emails sitting in my inbox um, looking to get on the show with uh, my two sons and they're all equally heavy questions. And it was like, I don't want to do this today. So the first thing you got to think about when you don't want to do it is first of all, do you have to? Like, do you have to do it? Um, and then if you do have to do it, how can you accommodate yourself? Be like aware and nurturing of the energy you need or that it's going to take in order to make doing the thing a little bit easier. So as I sit with you talking, there is a quad espresso from Starbucks iced with caramel drizzle in a nice little cup sitting next to me. Usually I take the 15 minutes in my own home. I make myself a pot of French press and I'm sitting with you with a good nice hot cup of coffee in front of me. But today I didn't want to work for it. So I didn't. The other thing that comes next is I checked the to-do list for today out the window. Um, there's this thing called GDPR. Those of you who are in the online space probably already know what I'm talking about, but it's new um, requirements from the EU and the um, UK and European Union um, for data protection and privacy regulations that um, business owners are going to have to be telling their clients how they uh, consume their information, protect their data, and all of that. Um, it's been on my list to take care of that uh, today. In fact, 
people listening to this show actively know it's been on my list for over two weeks now because I've been complaining about it to anybody who would listen. But it was my intention to to really get it done today and to have the monkey off my back. But looking at my energy, looking at what is now, given that this week has been like this, what is a realistic expectation of me? I know that a detail-driven, tedious kind of form like that is just not going to be the thing that gets my attention. I won't do it well. It'll take me longer than it should because I don't want to do it. So I just took it off my list. Even though like, you know, my daily podcast is always on my list. I kept that on my list because the why behind it, the intent, the goal, the sort of the reason behind it was worth doing for me, even if I didn't necessarily have the energy. But I apply that decision with mindfulness. I think sometimes when people are tired and burnt out and stuck, that they just kind of numb out and they aren't consciously choosing what they're not doing and they're not consciously choosing what they are doing. So they never end up taking care of themselves. I know that I would not feel any better about myself after sitting in a coffee shop with GDPR lingo staring at me. No matter how nice and cushy the cafe is, (laughs) none of that was going to work. I would not leave that situation at all feeling refreshed. I absolutely know that as tired as I I am as hard as these conversations are to sometimes have, I am going to be proud of myself for having this conversation with you today, for being real, for being in it, for being transparent as anything. Um, You can uh, replace anything with any word of your choice. But I know that I'm going to be good with taking this time to have this show because this kind of conversation has value. It's important. I'm not sending you to a yoga studio and then asking you why you don't feel better after 40 minutes of stretching in positions your body doesn't want to stretch in. I'm not going to tell you that you have to like (laughs) go and just, (coughs) excuse me, get that mani-pedi and be all right with the world. What I want you to do is figure out what's going to work for you. The next thing is I was thinking about this and trying to trace the tale and figure out like, how do I teach this and how do I model it? I realized that some of this self-care stuff started on Monday. Um, I think I've shared with you that in the process of moving cross country, I gained about uh, two pant sizes um, for people who are keeping track. And when I moved, um, when I moved into the new house in February, it was, you know, it was a decision. It wasn't even a goal. It was a decision that the weight needed to come off. I had to get back to being healthy. Um, and I'm down a pant size. So whoop, whoop for me. Um, but I've been doing it with <laughs> Sean T on Beachbody. Um, and he's miserable. Um, <laughs> there's no, there's no way to, I, I'm sure some of you listening have done his program and love it or whatever, but I just find him God awful, miserable. Um, he just moves nonstop. He never gives you breaks and it's cardio for the sake of cardio. I like strength training. Um, I like interval training. Um, in other words, I like breaks. <laughs> he doesn't give very many, the weight's coming off and it's working. So I know that I need to keep at it. Like I know that my body is responding to you know, 
the constant cardio, but I don't need to do it this week. I'm two weeks from being done his program, so I easily could have gutted it through, um, fought my way through it, sucked it up Sally and done it. I just decided this week Shanti wasn't going to happen, but I didn't want to sit in the natural consequence of not working out for a week. I didn't want to feel bad about myself. I didn't want to feel like I had, you know, stopped making a promise to myself. So instead, I went back to YouTube videos that I really enjoyed doing on uh, fitnessblender.com. If any of you are looking for a good free workout, they have hundreds and hundreds of videos in various lengths, various intensities, such a huge variety. And I just like them so much better than Shanti. So for a week, I just said no to Shanti, but I did something else instead. And it was mindful and deliberate so that at the end of the week, my story isn't that like my poor first world problems were so hard I skipped a you know a workout for a week that didn't happen I still worked out but I worked out with my choices like I worked out with the energy and the interest level that I had I didn't force myself to do things that I didn't want to do but I also didn't stop working on the goal um I just I kept at it and I attacked it from a different way given that my energy level was sort of demanding that the other thing, I I could tell the intensity of the shows we were having this week. I could tell we were having really important conversations. And I know that those conversations drain me because I put so much focus on them. I put so much attention. I want to make sure I get it right. I want to make sure I communicate clearly. So I know that I'm going to be more tired during the day. I know that about myself. Again, self-awareness here is your friend because that's how it's always been for me in the clinical space. I am a rock star with the really tough stuff. I am like dialed in laser focused on diagnostics. I am good with intensity. I manage crisis incredibly well, but I always know that that skill set comes at a cost. It comes at a sense of depletion, that hangover feeling, that tired feeling. I know that that's what that takes out of me. I know that that happens. So I took advantage of the fact that I was one of those quote, end quote, work from home people. And I scheduled TV breaks into my day. I never do that. My day in my calendar is scheduled with tasks as if those tasks are people, because if I don't schedule them, they don't get done. So this week I scheduled in TV breaks and I caught up on Grey's Anatomy and I caught up on The Resident and I caught up on, um, um, oh, Code Black is the other one I'm currently watching, if those of you are looking for um, a good show to check out. So I, I'm just realizing they're all medical shows. That cracks me up. I watch other shows that aren't medical shows, by the way. Those happen to just be the ones that were um, on my list for this week. So I caught up on my shows in half hour breaks. I didn't take full hours, but I scheduled half of the episode at one point and then the second half of an episode at another point because I took advantage of the fact that I work from home, that I can direct and uh, control my schedule and I used it to my benefit as much as possible. The other thing that I've done consistently throughout the week is identify where I have control. Where can I control? 
control the narrative? Where can I tell people what I want them to think so that I don't have to worry about it? So I've done that with you on the podcast. I did that with um, other people in my community on social media. I've done that with the various clients that have gotten back to me with their highs and their lows and really just made sure that on my end, I have communicated as transparently as possible. Now, some people would interpret that as putting pressure on myself. For me, that is like the ultimate self-care, making sure that the parts of this that I have control over, I have taken control of, that I have worked the narrative as much as possible, that like that's where I end and they begin and I can't control what happens on the other side, but I'm going to make sure that I'm taking care of my side of the fence as much as possible. So that's what I've been doing. And I've also, you know, connected to this is every time life gets this way, I always get crystal clear on who I am and how I move through the world. And I ask myself, how do I want to move through this? Given that this is happening, who do I want to be and how do I want to respond? That's how I stop these conversations, these situations, these ups and downs, emotional roller coasters, the ins, the outs, and the in-betweens from changing me. I drive the show. I am in the driver's seat of this car. I am going to decide who I want to be and how I want to move through this. So that gets me out of that reactive mode. Sometimes it just stops me from crying in place. Other times it stops me from yelling and being inappropriate um, and just, you know, angry or whatever. But I just take a moment and I ask myself, given that this is happening, who do I want to be and how do I want to move through this? Because then at the end of it, I'm not left feeling bad about anything. That I don't feel like the stress got to me that the hard week won or you know, that it's life one, Heather zero, or any of that crap, I feel like as much as possible, I controlled the story. The next thing, and this isn't going to make any sense to traditionalists who preach uh, regular everyday self-care, but after this show, I'm going to, aside from GDPR, I'm going to get the rest of the to-do list off my back. I have phone calls um, from the house people that I need to return. I have questions that I need to answer. I don't want to go into the weekend with this monkey on my back simply because it's, oh, you know, poor Heather, it's been a bad week. She doesn't have to return calls until Monday. I don't want to be that person. I want the monkey off my back. So even though I'm tired, even though I'm like resentful or whatever you want to call it, that because I'm the work from home person, I become the contact person, I'm still going to do it. I'm still going to return calls and make sure that as much as possible going into the weekend, I have a clean slate because that's something that I can control. I'm going to accept, and I said this earlier, but I, I'm going to accept myself and the high expectations I have for myself, but I'm also going to be accepting my limitations. So my poor husband doesn't listen to this show, but we have date night every Friday and I am canceling date night this week because he and I aren't really doing date night very well the past two weeks. We keep ending up snarking at one another because he's had a long week working more hours than he wants to work. 
I'm at the end of my week, super excited about where I am, excited for the weekend. So his energy's in the toilet. Mine's usually not today, but usually sky high. And the sort of mix match in energy really sets date night and a dinner night and a dinner date up to fail. Um, because inevitably right now he still doesn't have a car. I'm driving him all around our new town. Um, and I don't find the, the right parking spot. Like as soon as he sees it, you know, we're driving by it when, um, I notice it or we're stuck in traffic and he doesn't have the patience or he doesn't feel like talking because he's been talking all day um so today we're just gonna not we're not having date night I'll let him know later but I'm gonna plan something else nice instead because just because I don't get the nice meal with you know a night off from doing dishes and cooking or whatever I still it's been a long week and I would like a nice meal so I'm going to explore my new neighborhood I'm gonna miss my old Italian market that I used to go to back in Massachusetts but I'm going to try to find its replacement and find uh, a good bottle of wine um, that I will enjoy mindfully not just to numb out to I I enjoy a good bottle of red every once in a while shared um, with my husband so I'm not drinking four glasses and a single sitting but I'm gonna try to have a nice bottle of wine and I'm gonna find myself some cheesecake because cheesecake sounds good after a week like this doesn't it but I am not going to push through the tradition. Like, I'm not going to force us to go to a restaurant. I'm not going to force polite conversation or make myself get dressed up. I'm sitting here in totally schlubby clothes. And usually I'm one of those people that even though I work from home, I dress for work because when I'm in my work clothes, I have work mindset and I want to be able to do that. So um, I'm not doing that today as I do usually. I'm in my schlubby clothes. So I'm in me and my schlubby clothes are going to find plan B for dinner. The other thing that um, I start thinking about is, you know, when it's been hard and you've given out a lot and you've put your energy out there into the world and you're wondering how it's going to be perceived, sometimes it's nice to go back. So I do two things. One of the things that I'm, you know, I've said this before and I've said it a lot this week. I'm really proud of the 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 podcast we have here. I'm really proud of the conversations we have. I'm proud of the quality of the content that I deliver. So um, in a week where I've been fired, in a week where I've been told um, that I've abandoned somebody and where I've held such high uh, professional expectations of myself, I'm going to go back and I'm going to reread the reviews of this show. I'm going to look at the lives that I've touched and the people who have taken their 10 minutes to say that what I do matters. And I'm going to go back and I'm going to reread and remind myself of the good that I'm doing. I have a little good file of all the nice emails and all the nice testimonials and all the thank you notes. So I'm going to go in before I head into my weekend. I'm going to reread those and remind myself of the whole story. I don't ever really do this thing where like the negative comments weigh heavily, more heavily on me than the positive comments. I always try to have them, you know, I try to keep it real with myself and let both the good and the bad have equal weight. So I've helped people make a shit ton of money this week and I've also been fired. I'm not going to weigh one over the other. I'm going to figure out Oh, excuse me. Um, 
hiccup. I'm going to figure out how you guys get to hear everything. The coughs, the hiccups, everything in between. I'm not crying today, so we get points for that. Um, but I'm going to hold both um, with equal weight and equal measure. But I am going to, you know, I'm going to give myself a solid a little bit. And I'm going to remind myself of the good that I've done so that I make sure that that's my lasting impression. I don't think that there's a lot of value having my lasting impression be the fact that I got fired or that somebody feels abandoned. I have to tend to those things. I have to pay attention to them. I can't deny it. I can't erase their experience of me and say like their, you know, their story isn't true. Um, their story is absolutely true. They're having that reaction to me and that's true and I get to hold both. So that's, you know, that's part of how I do it too. And then, you know, the next thing that I, you know, think about here is this morning when I was like, oh my God, I don't want to deal with my day. Um, the first thing you I start doing, and this is like this, the tendency with people, is to start picking apart why. Like, oh, well, what's the thing that's really bothering me? Is it the fact that I got fired? Is it the fact that like I'm just tired and I'm working so hard on this course? Is it the fact that I probably overscheduled my one-on-one -on -one work at the the same time that I'm also running this course, if I start going down that laundry list of things, of reasons why I might be upset or the things that are bothering me, all I'm freaking doing is giving myself more reasons to be upset. All I need to acknowledge is that I'm feeling tired. I'm feeling worn down. I feel tears kind of pricking at the back of my eyes. I don't even know that I'm sad. I don't know what it is, but if I keep like poking at it and prodding at it and digging at it, I'm just going to get myself really upset. But instead, if I just acknowledge I'm in a mood, <laughs> which is, I think, how I'm going to qualify it. Um, I'm in a mood. What do I need now that I'm in a mood? Now that I know that I'm having a reaction, that this series of things have left me feeling something in a mood, what is it that I need? I think so often people, when they get upset, they have hard feelings and get distracted or overwhelmed by something, they think about it and they think about it and they think about it. But that just creates an awful cycle um, that usually doesn't take anybody anywhere good. They think they're venting or they think they're problem solving, but at the end of the day, they're not really doing either. So you're feeling something, you're having a reaction doesn't matter why, doesn't matter if you should be feeling that way or if you should be having that reaction, you're having it. So given that you're having that reaction, what do you need? So when I'm in there and I'm in that like moment, I just ask myself and I ask my clients this all the time when they reach out to me, what feels comforting to you right now? Given this, whatever you want to call it that you're in, that you're feeling, what would feel really nice? And for me, you've already heard some of them. My schlubby clothes feel really good and comfortable. So I'm in my schlubby clothes. There's this um, bath gel that I really have been enjoying. I'm going to go at some point today, run an errand and pick myself up the matching bath splash so that not only can I smell it in the shower, I can smell it throughout the day. I'm going to go and get myself a pedicure. And I almost didn't say this part because I always make fun of the whole mani-pedi as self-care things, but I really do like it when my toes look nice. So I'm going to go make my toes look nice. And it doesn't have to be your thing. Some people have a thing with feet and you don't like your feet touched. That's fine. That's why mani-pedis aren't for anybody. I never get my nails done. I think it's a waste of time. But my toes, 
I like my toes to look nice, so I'm going to take care of them. I'm making my nice dinner tonight. Well, no, I'm not going to cook. I <laughs> I thought I was going to cook, but I threw that idea out the window. So I'm going to get myself some good takeout. I am going to watch my warm, fuzzy TV. Um, anybody who knows um, Phil Rosenthal, he ha- has two shows on Netflix. I'll have what Phil's having and somebody feed Phil. I love this man. I adore this man. And him and the Great British Bake Off show, like, they just make me feel good. So at some point today, I'm going to watch a little warm, fuzzy TV. The other thing I like to do to pep myself up, one of my guilty pleasures, I've talked about this on one of my blogs and I share it in my community group all the time, is I love watching the talent shows and the like the excerpts of the talent auditions on YouTube from like America's Got Talent or Britain's Got Talent or The Voice or American Idol or any of those. I never have the patience to sit and watch them over and over again, but the really good ones always find themselves on YouTube. And I love watching people the moment their dream is coming true when they hear the roar of the crowd or they see the judges stand up or they they just get that moment of validation that that yes absolutely this is your moment this is your time like that is like something that cheers me up that's not going to be something that cheers everybody up but you need to find your thing your stupid quick hit thing that like can just add a little pep to your step and make it easier my things aren't going to be your things i'm never going to find my zen in a yoga studio but if you do actually find your zen in a yoga studio like go and schedule some yoga but figure out what's really going to be nice for you the other thing is is that i had um when I came to California, I had all these things I had to do. I had to get my license. I had to um, find my new doctor. I had to get, you know, all the things you have to get set up from soup to nuts, like when you're moving, getting your car transferred, all of those different tasks. And they're all a royal pain in the behind. So I told myself that I, when I was done all of them, I would schedule a facial because my skin is acting like kind of kooky since I've been in California. And I've done all the things. I did the last thing this week, but I still haven't scheduled the facial. So I'm going to make sure that I go and I do that. And then because I'm a podcast host, you probably might imagine I'm a podcast junkie, but I'm also becoming an audio and audible um, uh, junkie those of you who listen to audible books. And right now I am listening to an incredible one. It's called Everything Happens for a Reason. And it's by Kate Bowler or Bowler, B-O-W-L-E-R. Um, it is just so good. Um, I know her, I know the author's sister. Um, and so um, I, you know, shout out to this family that's just incredibly bright and smart and insightful beyond reason. Um, and it is such a good book. So I've been enjoying the heck out of that. Anybody by the way, if you um, want me to send you a free copy and you've never gotten a free book by Audible, just send me an email and I'll, I'll send it to you because you get your first uh, book on Audible for free and I'd be happy to do that for you. But then I'm also reading Kevin Hart's book on uh, reading. I'm also listening to Kevin Hart on Audible. He's a comedian. Um, I can't think of his the name of his book off the top of my head, but he's making me laugh out loud. So I'm going to make sure that I have some time for him. And then lastly, after 
as I wrap this all up and take care of myself and think about this, I'm going to create something for myself to look forward to. A reminder that after the hard week, after feeling all the weight of the heavy, of the expectations of letting people down combined with meeting everybody's expectations, after all of that gets settled and I land wherever I'm going to land with it all, I'm going to create something to look forward to. I've been planning an anniversary date for my husband and I like the idea I can't he never listens to the show but on the off chance that he does I can't say what I'm planning but I'm going to plan a special surprise for the two of us um and we're going to have like our you know our first uh California surprise so um I'm creating something that reminds me because you've heard me say this on the show before and clients have are used to hearing me say this too but what is right now won't always be beginning, middle, and end, right? What is right now won't always be. It's not always going to be this hard. Sometimes it's actually going to be harder because again, I know that I'm sitting in a pile of first world problems, but like this will pass. And if you create something to look forward to, it's a physical, visible, measurable, observable reminder that wherever you are right now, you're not going to be here for long. I'm going to remind myself that in the scheme of work weeks, this is not the worst work week ever. Uh, I have so many work weeks in the past of my history that like would kick the ass out of this one. It's not that bad, but it's also, you know, it's first world problems, but first world problems can still annoy us, still bother us and still affect us. And they become deeper problems and more insidious and more insistent and more intense when they we ignore them. So it's good to pay attention and be self-aware and know who we are and what we need and pay attention to when we're just all done and all out. Um, it's really, you know, it's, it's something that's worth considering, recognizing that it doesn't have to be that bad to be treated and paid attention to and validated. You want to know that. Um, you know, and then the next thing is, is you get yourself ready for whatever's coming next. Because I sense movement, right? The conversations on this show are becoming a little bit different. The questions coming my way are going to be a little different. Who knows? Maybe I'm about to turn a bend in the road and a new dream is on its way to finding me or a new reiteration of who I am and how I move through the world or what my business is going to look like. Maybe that's getting ready to shift or change. And maybe this week needs to happen in order to get me ready for that. I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know. Um, I'm not the woo one. <laughs> You'll have to listen to somebody else's podcast if you want woo. But um, yeah, I might be getting ready for whatever comes next. And whatever comes next, I will be bringing you all with me. So I hope you think about what I said here. I hope you give yourself permission to take care of first world problems, to pay attention to who you are, how you move through the world, and use that information to identify what you need and what's going to happen next for you. Thanks for being in it with me. Holy smokes, my friends. It has been a long two weeks of really hard conversations, but I really believe in what we're doing and I really invite people to keep those questions coming. Um, the best questions make the best pod. So send them my way. You can always find me over at Heather at choose to have it all.com. And if this show has meaning for you, if you think I'm doing something worthwhile, please go to your podcast app and leave a review. Cause as you know, on my bad days, I go back and read them. Thanks so much for your time today. I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye for now.